Most people in the Salesforce ecosystem identify Talent Stacker as a platform for entry-level Salesforce professionals. But what a lot of people don't know is that we actually also serve established Salesforce professionals. If you want to check out our free resources for leveling up your Salesforce career, make sure to head over to talentstacker.com forward slash CAP. That's talentstacker.com forward slash CAP. And you can get a free Salesforce Career Accelerator Toolkit, helping you with everything from planning your career goals, designing a strategy to implement those goals into reality, helping you with salary negotiation for landing a new job or with your current employer, as well as much more. So be sure to check out that Career Accelerator Toolkit. I get my degree. I'm walking back to my seat in the center aisle and I'm thinking to myself, man, I am just as unemployable now as I was 10 seconds ago. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And And you're you're listening listening to to the Salesforce Salesforce for Everyone Everyone podcast. In today's show, our guest explains why going degree-free can give you an edge in the job landscape. If you didn't go to college and you're not gonna go, you have four extra years on everybody else that is in college. Also, Brad demonstrates the power of networking. The best case scenario is so exponentially positive compared to the potential worst case scenario. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about a bit of a hot topic, and that is the idea of whether or not you need a college degree to break into tech jobs is probably what we're going to focus on because this is the Salesforce for Everyone podcast, but really just this idea of whether or not degrees carry the same value that they did maybe 10 or 20 years ago, and whether you really need a degree regardless of what job descriptions say when you're applying. And with me today to cover this topic, once again, we have Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, uh, it's going. Still handling stuff on my property. Mosquitoes are out and about, and they have come in strong. So battling that right now, how about yourself? How's the farm? Yeah, everything's good. We're definitely getting into really having, like you said, a lot of bugs on our our side as well. So we're we're battling that also. But I think if that's the worst of our worries, we're doing all right. But yeah, coming into the heat of the year and getting back to swim season and, and that's been really nice. Awesome. So I wanted to introduce our guests. We have Ryan, who's the co-host of the Degree Free Podcast, who's also a fellow Texan, so probably battling the mosquitoes as well. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, Anita. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, and you may or may not know, but Ryan is, yes, the co-host of the Degree Free Podcast with his wife, Hannah, and they run an amazing show. If you haven't listened to that, be sure to check it out. And I'll also say that I happened to find Ryan and Hannah on TikTok. That was one of the first places that I found them. And they have an amazing TikTok page where they do quick clips from the podcast and other advice about getting into careers with or without a college degree and sort of how to navigate that transition. So if you haven't checked those out, be sure to do that. And we're going to dive right in. Wait, what's their uh, TikTok handle? At Degree Free. Okay. All right. At Degree Free. It makes sense. If you search Degree Free, that's all you're going to find on TikTok. So Ryan, can you share your story about everything, including why you guys left Hawaii, but also, you know, talk about your podcast as well? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Well, 
as Bradley was saying, we run Degree Free and we started Degree Free in 2021. And really what we're trying to do is just help people get the work they want without a college degree. But even further back than all of that, my whole disenchantment with my own degree, because I actually have a college degree, even though I am degree free, started all the way back when I was in college. I was going to college. I was did everything that most people do. I got a degree in economics. I know, Brad, you got a degree in economics as well. <laughs> yeah. Didn't serve me super well. I know that you had ambitions of being a teacher, but I had ambitions of like going into banking and being some Wall Street type of person, right? And I thought that after you get the degree, then companies are just going to start clamoring at your door, just start breaking your door down, asking you to like, oh, please come apply to this role. Please, we'd love to hire you. And so the month before I graduated, I was high up on my horse and I was applying to literally like hundreds of jobs. I was like, I'm going to get hired. I'm going to get hired. I'm going to get hired. And all I heard was silence. I didn't hear a single callback, not even, you don't even have enough experience, not even your resume is really bad. Like, why am I going to hire a bartender? Who cares that you're graduating this month? Who cares? Right. And it wasn't until my literal graduation day, capping down the whole thing, I'm walking down, shaking hands, taking pictures. I get my degree and I'm walking back to my seat in the center aisle and I'm thinking to myself, man, I am just as unemployable now as I was 10 seconds ago. I don't have any skills. I don't know what they want. And it really took me six months later to analyze what do companies want? Like, What are they looking for in a new hire, in an entry-level employee? And really, after years and years of thinking about it and digesting this, you know, it really boils down to just a few things, especially for those entry-level roles. And you guys talk about it all the time. It's one of the biggest things. That a lot of people don't know this, but it's just being willing to learn and being open to new opportunities. And the second is just being able to provide value to that company and being able to tell your story in a way that relates to that job. And if you wanted to, Anita, we can talk about why we left Hawaii and everything like that. I'm not sure where you want to go. Yeah, I'd love to hear why you're moving. It's like we were having reverse goals. I want to move from Texas to Hawaii and you moved from Hawaii to Texas. So tell me about that. Absolutely. You know, moving from Hawaii was one of the most difficult decisions that Hannah and I had to make. But really what it boiled down to was, you know, starting with what you want your life to look like. and than making decisions to do just that. Because while Hawaii is picturesque and it's beautiful, and it's actually my home, I, I don't have family anywhere else in the world, but my wife and I, we wanted to make this business work with Degree Free. We wanted to dedicate our lives to helping people get the work they want without college degrees. And moving to Texas is a lot cheaper. The tax burden isn't as much. And we could do that where we could start working part-time and help scale our business. And so, you know, it was difficult because I was a firefighter in Hawaii. I had a career. We had a successful business in Hawaii, a brick and mortar business. And, you know, it's just not what we wanted our life to look like. And that's what we encourage people to do with degree free. Like that's the first step. You have to think backwards. What do you want your life to look like? That's a big question. So what do you want your work situation to look like? 
So this is a Salesforce podcast. Okay, I want to get into the Salesforce ecosystem. What are the steps that I can do in order to get to that goal? Do I need an admin? Or can I just go and be a super user? You know what I mean? Like, can I just go and do those things? Do I need to become a developer? And doing all of those things by having your priority straight can really, really help. Yeah, I think that's really, obviously, I think that's really smart. And I think we talk a lot inside of Talent Stacker about lifestyle design is sort of what we call it and value-driven decisions. And really, you know, the vast majority, if not, I don't know, 99%, if not more of the individuals who join Talent Stacker, it's not about the money. The money is part of it, right? They want fat paychecks and they want this really cool income trajectory where they're going to make $150,000, $200,000 and maybe have a flexible work schedule and all this kind of stuff. But really what they're looking for is, I want to drop my kids off at school and I want to pick them up from school. I want to be able to go on family vacations. I want to live in an area where I don't have seasonal depression, where I actually enjoy the weather year round or at least halfway enjoy the weather. I want to have a life where I'm not up at night you know, during tax season, trying to figure out what we're going to do because we owe all this money and we're not going to be able to make financially sound decisions because we're not in a financially sound position. And it all comes back to when you think about that, that's why you're making a career transition. And I know you guys work with career transitioners almost, you know, completely. And we work with mainly career transitioners. Some people are in high school or college, but they're mainly people who are going, whatever's going on in my life right now, it's either a toxic job environment. I don't have the flexibility I need. I don't have the autonomy I need. I don't see the path forward that I'm hoping to see. And I need a change. And for some reason, the Salesforce career is the answer, whether it's the pay or the remote work or the flexibility or just the respect at work for the skills that you have. There's a lot of reasons, but typically it's because they value something. And I, when, when I think about you, Anita, specifically, you know, to me, you're in that aggregation phase, right? And we, we talk about that a lot on the finance side. It's like, I think, you know, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, Ryan, but maybe you'll go back to Hawaii one day if that's your decision. But especially when we think about like getting our finances in order, this wealth aggregation phase is so important to maybe live in a lower cost of living area with a lower tax burden so that you can aggregate wealth and then move to where you want to be when you're not on the front end of this aggregation phase. So I could go on and on. I'm obviously I'm really passionate about this topic and it's a big part of why I live in, you know, I think we all live within about 30 to 45 minutes of each other. And that seems to be a zoned in location for being in this phase of your life where you're trying to get your finances super stable so that you have all the opportunity in the world going forward. All right. So I think we can sort of carry into the meat of the conversation then like we all understand why we're here and what we're doing. So Given that today in this episode is going to be all about formal education and how that matches up with quality employment, I guess I would say, how has the value, in your opinion, of a college degree changed over the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Like, was it a great decision or a good decision 20 years ago? And is that decision different today than it was 20 years ago? Yeah, definitely. I think the value of college today is definitely diminished, or at least you have to look at it with a closer lens or closer magnifying glass than you would have maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I don't know about as soon as five to 10 years ago. And one of the biggest reasons, two things really, is the price of college has skyrocketed. I mean, just in my own experience 10 years ago, I went to a state school 
I went to University of Hawaii at Manoa. And the first semester that I paid for, I think I paid $2,000 or $2,500. By the time that I graduated, I was paying nine grand for that same semester, right? Like that's crazy in state tuition. I know that's not expensive, but on a relative scale, that's massive over four and a half years. So the increase of price is definitely the first thing. And then the second thing is that there's degree inflation that's happened. Colleges, they're businesses, regardless of whether or not they're 501c3 nonprofits or not, they take in money and then they give you a product. And that's your piece of paper. That's your degree. That's your education, if you want to call it that. So when thinking about college, you have to take those two things into consideration, the cost of it for you, and then whether or not the companies or people are, it's going to be valuable in your own life. And you know, our parents, to date myself, I'm 31, 32 years old. And my parents' generation, the college degree was definitely useful. It was the only place that you could go to get the knowledge. The internet didn't exist in their age. Literally, libraries were the place that you went for information. Laboratories were on university campuses. And now you can learn anything that you want online for free on YouTube. And so I definitely think the calculus that you have to do is much different today than even five to 10 years ago. I was going to ask then, how does someone without a degree stand out versus someone who has a degree to a potential employer? Yeah, you have to just start doing things. And this is one of the things that we've talked about in our very first podcast episode, I was just kind of going back to our roots last night and watching over some of our older stuff. And we said it back then, and I'll say it again here, going to grief free isn't easy, right? It's hard. You're going to have to get outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to apply for jobs that you probably aren't quote unquote qualified for. And you're just going to have to go and get experience. But the advantage that you have, especially for those people that are listening that are maybe, you know, 18, 17 years old, or you have a child that's that age and thinking about making that college decision, if you didn't go to college and you're not going to go, you have four extra years on everybody else that is in college, right? Everybody else is studying the books. All your peers are in college and, and learning about art history when they're trying to be, you know, data analysts. You can just go and be a data analyst, right? If you're trying to be a Salesforce admin, you can just go and get your experience as a Salesforce admin. And so if you're in the middle of your career, the same advice is true. And it's just getting out there and applying to roles that you don't feel that you fit and really getting it. Yeah, I know you guys talk about that a lot. And we, we talk about that a lot too, just people feeling that they're not qualified for the job because they're reading the job description. And you would think the job description, well, that's got to be the mecca of what I need to look at to determine if I can do this job. And it's just not a reality. The reality is half these employers are copy pasting these job descriptions from some other company's job description for the same role or for the last time they hired for this role five years ago. And things change, but the job description doesn't. And they might add a couple of bullets, but that's really it. And then we get into this, this zone of, well, what's the budget for that position? Because they're not usually very public with that. And I know that's changing a little bit recently, but they're still not very public with it. And they've got a budget that we don't really know. And they've got a job description that maybe demands a professional, especially in the Salesforce space. You'll see these job descriptions for entry-level jobs 
but they're asking for three years experience. We know that somebody with three years experience is probably going to pull somewhere, let's go super broad, between hundred dollars to $150,000, but their budget's 80K. It's never going to happen. So now the job description becomes somewhat meaningless. It's like directionful, like it can give us guidance towards kind of what they're looking for. But those details of we need five certifications, we need three years of experience, we need a four-year degree in computer science, like you're not going to get that. You are not going to get that. So they're going to have to start settling. And when they start settling, they get comfortable with somebody that's got a couple of certifications specifically in the field that they're hiring for. Somebody who, to your point, has that willingness to learn and that Sean ability to learn. And I think that kind of gets back to we disqualify ourselves more than employers disqualify us because half the time we don't apply. And that basically means you just disqualified yourself from the job. You didn't even give the employer a chance to disqualify you. So go apply. If you feel like you're even a half decent fit for this role, go apply. And I think you touched on something a handful of times that I want to come back to. And that's what do employers need? Because you were talking about that moment where you're going to graduate and you walk up on the stage, you can come back down off the stage and make the realization that nothing really changed. Like you moved a tassel from one side of your hat to another, but nothing actually changed about your ability from 10 minutes ago to right now sitting back down, your ability to serve an employer has not changed. And so what do employers need? And I'm going to let you answer that question, but I wanted to say quickly that like if I'm hiring specifically and you can drop in whatever role you want to drop in here, but let's say I'm hiring for a Salesforce business analyst for my team. And I have one applicant that has a college degree and they have a degree in physiology and human sciences, right? And it actually doesn't matter because chances are the degree is not going to apply to the role anyway. They're not going to have a Salesforce business analyst degree. They're just not. It doesn't exist. Then I'm going to look at the second applicant and they have no college degree and they have a Salesforce business analyst certification. Wow. Hmm. Now I'm looking at that. Why? Why? would I care what college degree that individual has? Because all that degree is telling me is that they have a proven ability to sit down for four years straight and dedicate to something and focus and see it all the way through. But I also have this person with a business analyst certification who has shown me an ability to pick something up and learning online themselves and having the dedication to prove that ability to learn something themselves and stick it out and get it done. And they've both shown me the same ability from that perspective, except for one of them has Salesforce knowledge and one of them does not. So I'm going to lean to the one that has the knowledge that I need. So when I think about it from the employer perspective, that's what I think about when I think about that alignment of certifications versus degrees and how degrees take tens of thousands of dollars, if not 100K plus in four plus years of your life. And certification takes a few months and maybe a few hundred dollars. And that is a very different level of investment from the candidate than going directly in that path. So I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on what are employers looking for and is it a degree? You know, I wanted to touch on what you were kind of just talking about right there before I answer about employers, uh, you know, what they're looking for and everything. But just about that, I actually was having a discussion with one of my friends. He's super smart. He knows what we do. He's a engineer at one of these big blue chip uh, literally chip makers. And he was just like, well, degree free is great and everything, but who would you rather have when you're actually applying? If everything else being equal, you have two resumes sitting right in front of you. And this one has everything that you need. And this one has everything you need, plus a college degree. Which one do you want? 
And I was talking to him and I was just like, man, that is the same dichotomy that I've heard my entire life. I like, I think everybody that's listening to this podcast has heard that. And that's the marketing that colleges use to get you to go because you're just like, in that scenario, you're just like, yeah, I guess I would take the person with a college degree, right? Why not? They have the same exact experience. But the reality is that that situation, that dichotomy doesn't exist. Your life experience is different ways. And if you're, like I said, if you're starting from degree free and you are trying to figure out how to get Salesforce experience, just get into an instance somewhere, you know, somehow, and you're going to college and you, like you said, there literally isn't a degree for Salesforce administration or for Salesforce business analysts. That dichotomy, I believe, is just false. Going back to what you were talking about with companies, it really depends on the roles that you're looking for and you know the different types of jobs that you're trying to get into. But it really just starts with, as I was saying before, identifying value in the company and what you can do. And I know for a lot of people, when you're first starting out, that's a difficult concept to grasp, right? You're like, what does that even mean? And so for a Salesforce admin or for a Salesforce business analyst, maybe you're providing value by streamlining business processes. That's the value that you're going to provide or by giving your data more structure so that the people above you can make better decisions. And okay, that's the value that I bring. Identify that value prior for whatever job it is. And if you're a dog groomer, it could be that you uh, give amazing dog haircuts in record time. Identify whatever that value is and then highlight that on your resume. Highlight that in the LinkedIn content that you make or the LinkedIn comments that you make. And just say, like, I'm a professional at this. This is what I bring to the table. And like I was saying before, a lot of people, when they're first starting out, the companies know that you don't have a lot of experience. They're willing to train you. They know that they have to invest a lot of time and money into training you. They want to know that you're going to stick around. They want to know that they're not going to waste their money by training you because a lot of surveys say after you hire, it takes six months before you start to see a return on investment for people to start being productive in your business. If you're able to have a high level view of that and you're able to communicate that to employers, man, you are above all the other candidates in your field. I'm curious. So on your podcast, you guys had a lot of episodes. I believe Bradley was a guest on episode 84. So with all the past episodes, have you found maybe common patterns or common questions or advice you've given to, it doesn't have to be Salesforce related in general, any degree free roles that just again, again, you keep giving the same advice. Like, do you have any general advice for anyone out there? Yeah, absolutely. There are really three things that come to mind you know, that's pervasive throughout all of the guests and all of the questions that we get asked and then we answer and then we talk about. And I'll kind of just go through each one of them. The first is that there really are no rules when it comes to your career, when it comes to your life. A lot of people think that there's like, Brad, you talked about it perfectly, which is 
I have to fit this job description 100% before I even apply. Like before I hit that apply button, I have to hit every single one of them. I know that those people are out there because I used to be one of them. I would not hit that apply button until I hit every single bullet point there was. If that didn't sound like me to the T, I never hit apply. But the secret is companies don't hire people that look like their job description, right? I mean, everybody on this call knows that, but a lot of people don't have the insight that we do, right? Into the inner mechanics of hiring and everything. You don't see like, yeah, companies, they really just want people doing exactly what I said before, which is providing value and just be nice to hang around with and be willing to train and willing to learn. That's all they want, especially for the entry-level roles, right? So that's the first thing. Just there are no rules. We call it like, applying fearlessly, like what's the worst that's going to happen? Literally do that thought experiment. And I'll actually just (laughs) tell you a story with that. And this was my uh, profound moment of risk assessment in my life. I grew up in Hawaii and I was trying to learn how to do a backflip with my friend. And he's like, you just got to commit. He's like, what's the worst that could happen? That little risk assessment that he's talking about, like, I know he was like joking, but taking it all the way to like literally the worst that can happen has really, really helped me and my fears. So now what's the worst that can happen if you don't hit that apply button or if you hit that apply button, if you hit that apply button, the worst that can happen is that you're literally going to hear nothing and you're in the same position that you are now. So if you're thinking about getting into a Salesforce admin career and you're thinking about, oh, you know, I need to do trailhead or I, I need to do all of these different things. I need to get certified. You can just go and apply to businesses that are using an instance and get experience that way. And then if you find that your career runs into the where you need an admin for the next level up or you need to get a developer for the next level up, then you'll go and do that. So that's the first thing. The second thing that's pervasive throughout everything and all of the guests that we have that are degree free is just like learning to learn. You have to be willing and able to learn things and you have to learn how to learn them quickly, how to identify and prioritize tasks just as if you were like managing a project or just as if you were breaking down your financials or something like that, right? Troubleshooting, prioritizing, and then learning those skills. Uh, one of my guests, Jason Tugman, he's a director of IT in the med health space. And he talks about it and instead of like just-in-time manufacturing, he calls it just-in-time learning. And so if you need this skill, then perfect. You identify it and then you go learn it and then you start applying to jobs. The last thing, and I know everybody talks about it a lot, is going to be networking. And that's such a like ethereal thing. Like, What does that even mean? How do I start networking? The fact of the matter is, is that it's never been easier to network. Never in history has it ever been easier to network, right? Like there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter, there's podcasts, there's YouTube channels. We have these algorithms from these social media things that literally push your content and your ideas out to other people. The key to it is just doing things in public. And I'll use myself as an example of that. You know, I talked about my degree free journey and it started 10 years ago. But if you noticed, we only started like a company or a movement in 2021, right? That was only two years ago. We're having this conversation in 2023. But for eight years or so, I wasn't doing anything in public. I was just talking to my family about it, telling them that you're dumb for going to college or you, you don't spend your money there. You know what I mean? This is crazy. What are you doing? Listen to me. I know I wasted a money, a bunch of money doing it. And 
when I started doing things in public, when I started my podcast, we didn't have any listeners, right? Now my network is bigger than I ever thought it would be, right? When I started my podcast, I was a fireman, right? I ran into burning buildings for a living. And just through the network and through doing things in public, amazing things are going to happen in your career. Yeah, that's all spot on. So just to reiterate, we talked about, you know, one, two, three is really, there are no rules. There are no gatekeepers. If you think there are gatekeepers, they don't exist. There's not a reality there and you can go around it. The second thing being skill identification. So once you find those jobs that you want to get into and they seem to align with your values, figure out what it is. And I've heard you guys talk about this on the show going and looking at jobs you know you're not qualified for, like not even close. Like let's say you just heard about Salesforce today. So go look on a jobs board and look for Salesforce jobs and look at 20 different job descriptions and then figure out what you're seeing over and over and over again and see what the alignment is between those 20 job descriptions. And now you have a short list of the skills and basically certifications or credibility that you need in order to turn heads And now you just need to devise a plan to get those skills, like get those skills as fast as possible. And now you will be qualified for those types of jobs. And then networking is huge. Episode four of this podcast, that's all we talked about was just networking and the Salesforce ecosystem. And LinkedIn is a massive part of that. And like Ryan said, it's never been easier. Like it's never been easier. And I think I I hear a lot of people, uh, especially in the Salesforce space, you'll see a lot of introverts in the tech space. And networking for introverts is... I would assume I'm an extrovert. So I'm going to assume that networking is not as fun for introverts. But when I think about it, it's like, at least you like, you don't have to go to a big conference in a massive building in the city with your suit on, shaking hands and handing out business cards and smiling infinitely and pretending that you love everyone. And like, you get to be on your computer or your phone in your bed and like, networking from there instead of out at this like big overwhelming event. Does that mean it's easy? Does that mean it's simple? Does that mean it doesn't take effort? Absolutely not. But to Ryan's point, it is easier than it's ever been before. And I wanted to comment on something you said about basically there are no rules because I love that. And the first time, you know, I think the concept has been there, but I love that you guys just say there are no rules. It's as simple as that. And the truth is, I think about this in the context of networking some too, It's crazy to me. My eyes have opened up some to the idea that you put people on a pedestal, like you think senior Salesforce consultant or technical architect at blah, 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 or the owner of a consulting company, like those people are just way out of reach. There's no way they'll ever talk to me. I'm too small to communicate with them. And it's not true. They're just people. And sure, some of them are arrogant, but you know what? Some people who are unemployed and have no idea what's going on in the world are arrogant. So you're going to find arrogant people everywhere that are going to ghost you and not respond. You're going to find busy people everywhere that will ghost you and not respond. But the reality is there are a lot of people in decision-making positions, owners of companies, hiring managers at companies, and people are scared to go talk to them. So you apply for a job and you think you're a perfect fit and you apply and then you just hope that somebody sees your resume in the stack and they come talk to you and just maybe it'll work out. Or you could have a strategy, right? An actual networking and job search strategy where you go apply for the job and you go, you know what? I want that job. That's the job I want. And I'm going to go reach out to people at that company. Heck, I might even personal message the owner of that company on LinkedIn. And to your point, what's the worst that could happen? What are they going to do? Not respond? Okay. But what if they go, I saw your profile and I really like you. I like that you took the chance to reach out to me. I like what you said in that personal message you sent me. You know what? 
I'm going to take a look at your resume. I appreciate you reaching out. And the best case scenario is so exponentially positive compared to the potential worst case scenario. So I think those three core concepts you hit, like I could talk about it all day, but they're spot on and that's what we should be doing. One other thing I wanted to circle back to is we talked about college being the only place to get knowledge. I know this was you know a few questions back, but I, I took a note of it and I wanted to make sure to touch on it. And I think that's the core piece to me. And you still have to understand how to navigate this massive internet, right? And these massive networks and figure out like who is the real credible source to get knowledge from? Because we've accepted, no questions asked, that the college professor at the college is an absolute credible source to teach me this topic. And I should not question their background or their life or what they're actually good at, right? Like going to school for economics. I never question my consumer economics teacher's actual personal finances. Are they actually any good at personal finance? How's their budget? Did they retire early? Are they in massive amounts of debt? I have no clue. And when I talk you know, to business professors, do they run successful businesses or did they start failing businesses? Are they actually good at what they're teaching me or are they just teachers? And when I think you go back to that, the really cool thing, and I'm gonna, I'll just pick on us because it's, you know, why not? The cool thing is that you go to something like Talent Stacker and you get to learn Salesforce from the most successful Salesforce career professionals in the world, not from someone who got a degree in economics and became an economics teacher and then went and started teaching at a college and suddenly became in charge of teaching a tech class, right? And all of a sudden now I'm teaching you about how to be a tech professional when I have an econ degree and wanted to be an economics teacher at a high school. I'm not the most qualified person to tell you about becoming a tech professional, yet here I am. And now you just have the world at your fingertips to go out and deliberately learn from people who are where you want to be. And I, I don't remember where this quote came from, but it's a quote that I think about you know, pretty often, at least weekly. And it's, why would I take advice from someone who has not accomplished what I want to accomplish? And so if I want to be the best Salesforce professional in the world and the most successful Salesforce professional in the world, then I should be on a hunt to learn from and take advice from the most successful Salesforce professionals in the world, not anyone else. And that should be my goal. So I'll hop off my soapbox on the topic, but I do believe that the emergence of these online training platforms and courses, are they a dime a dozen? Are there, are there nine times as many bad ones as there are good ones? Absolutely. But if you can identify those good ones, then you are going to learn way faster than trying to go some route of four years of general education in order to get a degree that you put that cap on and you move the tassel and you're no better qualified than you were 10 minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's so interesting because that's one of the biggest gripes that we have. You hit the nail on the head there with the college system is that how do they know what companies want? How do they know what businesses want. And as you uh, just said so eloquently, right? Like the people at Talent Stacker and other programs that they put together, like you guys are in the trenches. You know what these people, what your students need to know in order to get jobs in the Salesforce ecosystem. But these professors, majority of them have never left academia, right? Like they're going the professor track. And to even say that, that is, is insane to me. But you go to college, you get your first degree, then you get your master's, and then you get your PhD, and then you hope that there's some role open for you. 
right? The literally the vast majority, I forget the statistic on it, some mind-boggling number that professors in the college ecosystem, in the university ecosystem, have never left. And so how do those people know what they want? Not only that, but then there's all the bureaucracy in order to get something into their program and into the curriculum. So like at Talent Stacker, you guys are much more nimble, right? Like I'm sure I'm positive. I don't know the inner workings of your program, but I'm sure that you guys, if you see something and you're like, okay, this needs to be implemented now. This is what you need to know now. Whereas professors and the college rubrics and the curriculums, it has to go up the committee and then it has to go down the committee. And then maybe in two years, you'll see it on your course curriculum. And by the time that you see it, especially in the tech space, uh, you know, especially in the Salesforce ecosystem or any other software SaaS company, your information is vastly, vastly outdated. You know, maybe you'll have the basics down, but that cutting edge stuff, you're always going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, I mean, how did they even adapt to the pandemic? Like, even if they did have a job before they started teaching, it changed so much. I mean, did you see a really big change with all the different, I guess, various routes, degree-free routes through the pandemic from before and after? You're talking about for job seekers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What we saw in the labor market with pandemic is that it really just accelerated what was already happening in the labor market. And so the couple of key points there was that the work from home thing, the work remotely, however you want to say it, that was already a trend starting 10 years ago, right? I mean, with the improvement of technology and amazing video conferencing, like we're doing right now, we're not in the same room having this conversation. And all of these tools like Salesforce and project management tools like Asana, things like that, people are starting to work from home or they wanted to work from home. 60% of people that are looking for jobs right now in the job market are looking for remote work. People want to be in tech. Everybody that we talk to, I mean, granted, that's selection bias. It's the people that we talk to, but they're like, how do I get into tech? I'm a teacher and I'm trying to transition into you know a tech role because I don't want to do lesson plans anymore. I don't want to be away from home for 10 hours a day from my kids, right? Nurses, a lot of nurses are transitioning out of the labor market or at least out of their job families because they got overworked during COVID. Like they've been doing it for two years and they're just like, I need to upskill or reskill, retool and get into something completely unrelated. And I think a lot of people really struggle. The thing that we hear the most from all these people is that like, how do I relate my past experience to these future jobs, right? Like, I don't have any skills. That's, that's usually how it presents itself. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have any skills. I'm beating a dead horse here. You definitely have skills. Everybody has skills. And you have the skills that you need to get the job that you want, or at least to learn the skills to get the job that you want. You have it. I guarantee it. It just takes some thoughtfulness. It just takes you sitting down and doing what we talked about, which is figuring out how you and your skills can provide value to that company. And sometimes you need guidance. If you need guidance, go back to our, our podcast. We talk all about it, about how to identify those things and what can be useful to employers. Yeah, I think that's a, it carries us into a point that we actually made on last week's episode of this show. And that's that we noticed that necessity of people to 
it's not necessarily that they don't have the skills, it's that they don't know that they have the skills that they need, those transferable skills from one industry to another or one trade to another. And so we actually created at talentstacker.com forward slash community, we actually have pages dedicated to healthcare, hospitality, blue collar, nonprofit, education, military, stay at home parents, and individuals without college degrees. And it's just a laundry list of resources, but also there's an entire section dedicated to transferable skills, but it's podcast episodes you should listen to. It's transferable skills you have that you probably didn't know that you had that directly correlate into Salesforce jobs. It's you know other people who've already done this before you. You're not the first one. You're not frontiering a new concept. Hundreds, thousands of people have done this before you. You can learn from them. There's a lot that you can learn from them. And it's basically just aggregating the most compelling and I think effective pieces of information from those stories and putting them right in front of you. So you don't have to go dig and read you know, a hundred different blogs and Reddit forums and LinkedIn pages and all the stuff, like just trying to figure it all out, just consolidated in one spot. So I think that's, you know, a ton of what you guys talk about. It aligns a lot with what we talk about. And I definitely appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us and just educating this audience on the realities of if you want to go to college and you know why you want to go, and there's a compelling reason, you've got this thing figured out, do it, go do it. If that's what you want to do, go do it. But know that if you're not sure, and you're not sure college is the answer to the question that you're asking, then take a second. Think about it. There are things like, for instance, I, I advise young people that I get to talk to one-on-one, do something like the Talent Stacker program one semester. I'm not telling you to avoid college for the rest of your life. I'm not telling your parents to make a huge decision of you opting out of college. But what if you took one semester off? And when you graduated high school in May, you just took from May to December to see if you could transition into a career that aligned with your values without needing to go to college. And if it looks like it's not working out by the time you get to September of that same year, we're talking a few months later, then go ahead and enroll in college for the spring semester and you're one semester behind. And it goes back to that, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst possible outcome? The worst possible outcome is you're one semester behind in college and you catch up or you graduate a semester behind. And the best possible case is you save $100,000 and three and a half years or more of your life and you move into a career path that's probably going to have you getting paid more at 17 or 18 years old than your counterparts are going to get paid when they're 23 coming out of college. So it's just something to think about the potential trade-offs there. All right. So those of you, if you're not sure what you want to do, be sure to check out Ryan's podcast, Degree Free, especially episode 84. But those of you who still want to stick on the Salesforce path, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start to join the free five-day challenge. And if you're enjoying the show and you're getting value out of it, which we hope you are, please you know share it with your friends and family, let people know about it, share it on your socials, and be sure to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Thank you, Ryan, so much for joining us. We really appreciate your insights. Um, it was great having you on the show. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonza. 
If you like what we do at this Scrappy Can Do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.